0: Several miles off the main highway, tucked away in a secluded canyon on prime vineyard property, stands a rustic barn that was built many decades before the vines around it were planted. In that barn, a sophisticated broadcast and recording studio has been built. The barn also has a well-hidden root cellar stocked with many of the world's most exceptional wines, only to be shared with guests who secretly come to offer their insights and tell their stories. Guests are sworn to secrecy, and our shuttle to the studio aboard a John Deere tractor. Those who cannot make the journey in person are interviewed by satellite hookup, and sometimes the crew simply sneaks away with microphones in hand and interviews guests in barrel rooms, wine cellars, and other magical places. All of this is done like clockwork every single week so that we can bring you another episode of Grape Encounters Radio. me a grape, crush me some ice, skin me a peach, save the fuzz for my pillow.
1: And it is time for your weekly grape encounter, and have I got a wine country story for you. I am at a place that actually is in my own backyard, but might be one of the most special places when it comes to spending time in any wine country, any place. We're at the Allegretto Vineyard Resort by the Ayers family and sitting with me now is Doug Ayers. He is the driving force behind the Allegretto Vineyard Resort. And Doug, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, David. Happy to be here. You know, the reason I wanted to really talk to you today is because there are so many places that are bringing new experiences to wine country that typically weren't there before. And I want to talk more about the calculated risk that you took creating this property. But the one thing that's a real standout here is the art collection. And it's like nothing I've ever seen before. And by the way, the city we're in is Paso Robles, California. Paso Robles Wine Region was named Wine Region of the Year two years ago by Wine Enthusiast Magazine. And ever since that happened, the area has been exploding with new and exciting things to do. Doug, tell me a little bit about why you would build a hotel this grand in a wine country that really doesn't have many hotels of this caliber.
2: Well, David, about 15 years ago, I had been searching around in different wine country regions, went all over different parts of California, including Napa and so forth. But I ended up continually coming back here, and I just fell in love with the place. And I was staying at a little B&B years ago, and I was overlooking a vineyard. And I said, I'm going to build a property, a hotel a A Wow. That was the seed.
1: So let's talk background of the Ayers family and your hotels. I think it all began at the turn of the century, right? With your great-grandfather?
2: Yes. uh, Great-grandfather, Frank H. Ayers, came out from Ohio in 1905 and bought eight ranches along Wilshire Boulevard. Ranches on Wilshire Boulevard. It was all just growing. It was all agriculture. (laughs) It's hard to picture that. Anyway, so he built the first hotel when? Well, we did subdivision and homes for years, and then the first hotel was built in 1985 by my father down in Cardiff-by-the-Sea, Southern California. And
1: and there are now 20-plus Ayers Hotels? About 22. 22. Yeah. So this property is quite a bit different than the rest of the properties in the Ayers uh, Hotel family, most particularly the art collection here, which is like nothing I've ever seen before. You could actually come here— and if you're an art lover, you could spend a couple of days just looking at and studying the art.
2: The collection came from where? Various pieces I collected over more than 10 years ago and other pieces I acquired during the last four or five years. And there's a you know series of sculptures and natural artifacts and natural wonders from creation, as well as the oil paintings.
1: So if you go to some of the finer wine tasting rooms in Napa and Sonoma, you're gonna find some very interesting art collections there. A little different than what you have here, And I think it really speaks to the the quality of the people who did the interior design work. You have art from many different eras, but somehow have managed to make it all work and pull it together in a cohesive theme. How? (laughs) That's what I wonder.
2: Well, good question. There's a lot of eclectic pieces from different traditions from around the world, from different faiths. The idea that I had was just drawing upon all these wonderful places that I've traveled to and be able to place them cohesively in a property like this and have people sort of enjoy it like it's a museum and they feel as if gosh, they've touched different things from different parts of the world. Right, yeah,
1: and did you ever envision bringing the art to a hotel?
2: Oh yeah, we have a hotel in Los Angeles which has some very special art in there too. That's where it all began, I think, collecting pieces for that hotel. This is just the latest version of this particular type of hotel that we're doing now. So I'm
1: looking out the window at the courtyard and if I didn't know better, I would swear I was someplace in Italy or some other European city. How did you go about coming up with the concept for the property? the design and even the materials, because I know you imported a lot of things from afar.
2: Yes. A lot of the design has been aging in my barrel. I call that my head. <laughs> and it's, it's gone through its proper fermentation. <laughs> and I'm able to now pour that barrel into this bottle being this vessel at this time. Okay, Doug Ayers, you get the best wine metaphor of all time
1: award. <laughs> wow. I got to write that down. I'll I'll give you full credit for it.
2: Okay, (laughs) So you knew you wanted to be in wine country, right? So you went to different areas, but why here? Here because I just felt like this was a special place. It wasn't overly pretentious. It was nice people. It just was easy to get around. It's a nice little downtown close to the ocean, which I love. And Hertz Castle was a big inspiration for me since I was a child.
1: Well, I think you're actually giving William Randolph Hearst a run for his money with your (laughs) art collection here.
2: (laughs) A lot of people say this is the little Hertz Castle. It's It's a fun place to be because it touches so many different chords from different cultures and as people that want to come from any part of the world There's a part of that here for them.
1: Yeah, I'll tell you, this is the one time where I wish we were doing TV instead of radio because the property is so spectacular. And by the way, we will post photos of the property on our website, grapeencounters.com, so check out the photographs and see what I'm talking about. So did you envision making this property a place where once we get back from our wine
2: experience we can have new and different experiences, including culinary art? Yes. That was the intention was to have a fine restaurant that's accessible to the community and to our guests in a way that just takes these special elements that are from this local area and have great cuisine. And Chef Eric has hit it out of the ballpark. He's really done a great job.
1: So one of the first things that struck me when I walked into the property for the first time was the notion that, wow, it really raises the bar in wine country, because once you start building properties like this, people are always looking for something bigger, better, grander. Do you think that this will be the catalyst for more building by other people? Could be. We'll see what happens in the future. Was this a calculated risk? Yes. Okay.
2: (laughs) Yes, as it always would be. But this project is larger because we're on 20 acres. Yeah. So that kind of dictated a different format of what we've done here, if it was a smaller Piece, of course it would be very different so where do you expect your guests to mostly come from i guess when you ask me that question the first thing that comes to my mind is from all over the world yeah that's my vision that's my intention of course we have our local markets that are very accessible but it's really a much deeper place that i believe people will be attracted from all over the world
1: so do you market this as a destination yes yeah definitely
2: yes definitely yeah it's a destination resort yeah, yeah.
1: what do you think the reason is behind
2: so much art being paired all over the world with wine? Well, I think the art of winemaking pairs perfectly with the art of painting. It has many things that are similar in that fineness, in the detail, in the depth. So, in one sense, the property has a place of discovery. One can go and discover various things that might just strike a chord with them. I say a chord because I think of everything musically when I'm designing. Are you
1: a musician?
2: No, I'm not. But when I think in terms of design and decor and fabrics, colors, art, and everything, I think of it all in musical terms.
1: It's very interesting. I think about a year ago, I had an opportunity up in the Napa Valley to spend some time with a bunch of well-known rock musicians. There was an event going on. It was a rock and roll and wine fantasy camp at the Martini Winery. And there was one experience that really struck me. We were standing out in the middle of a vineyard with Bruce Kulick, who is one of the finest guitar players that's ever lived and I think currently is the lead guitar player for Grand Funk Railroad that we grew up with. And he had an epiphany while we were standing there in the vineyard, and it was this. After learning a bit about oak barrels and how wood plays such a vital role in the winemaking process, it occurred to him that he chooses guitars on the basis of the wood that the guitar is made out of and came to this epiphany that there was this relationship between music and wine that existed that maybe people were just stumbling over. So anyway, my question is this. Will you, as time goes on, always be conscious of the art, the music and all of the other amenities that now naturally pair with wine and is the focus on the wine traveler.
2: Well, I think that came about in a natural way. I didn't overly think that in the sense of having to have everything paired with wine. I think naturally when one's heart is in a particular vein of architecture and discovery, all these elements that have to do with each other they'll naturally pair together.
1: We're talking to Doug Ayers. He
2: is, well, I've heard a number of titles for you. Uh, Apparently, you have a helmet
1: that you walk around with that says head of maintenance or something like that. Uh,
2: Head janitor. Head janitor. But that's been uh, more recently uh, changed to uh, head gardener, being that we have acres of vines and olive orchards and all. So I figured the title of gardener is more appropriate for this property. (laughs) You have a great gig. This is a great job. It's a fun job. It's yeah. total, it's total joy. <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay. All right. We're talking to Doug Ayers, and he is the person who has been responsible for conceiving and building this property in the Paso Robles wine region. I know it takes a team to do that. And what has been built is just... Super spectacular. So we're going to come back and talk to Doug for a few more minutes. And uh, will you take me around and can we look at a couple of pieces of art that you are particularly proud of? I'd love to. Okay, great. We'll be back with more Grape Encounters right after this. You have just enough time to go fill up your glass. The hottest gift for wine enthusiasts is the next generation of the most amazing wine accessory ever created. Whether it's a gift for the wine lover in your life or a reward for yourself, Nothing can improve wine enjoyment like the astounding Coravin Model 2, which allows wine to be poured from an unopened bottle. Find out why the Coravin Model 2 is so revolutionary at GrapeEncounters.com. We have the new Corvins in stock at Grape,
0: like the fruit, and counters, like CloseEncounters.com. Grape Encounters Radio is based in Atascadero, California for good reason. It's the heart of the Central Coast wine country and the perfect home base for endless adventures. Atascadero is friendly, affordable, and offers unparalleled access to world-class equestrian ranches, bicycle trails, hiking, breathtaking beaches, cutting-edge culinary experiences, and endless wine country adventures. Learn more about Atascadero, the gateway to good times, at visitatascadero.com. Every year at this time, more and more people discover the amazing
1: Portuguese dessert wines meticulously handcrafted by Manzanita Manor. They're called two horse because these incomparable wines are made from grapes grown in a remote vineyard that's actually plowed by real horses, not simply horsepower. Made from the finest Portuguese varietals, these port style wines are like nothing you've ever tasted. Decadent, but not over the top sweet. Refined, but in no way pretentious or stuffy. In households across America, two horse vineyard dessert wines have become an extraordinary holiday tradition kind of like the exclamation point at the end of a perfect meal. If you've not yet experienced the astonishing two-horse wines, get yours online at mmorganics.com. That's mmorganics.com. What's the best way to make your holiday memorable? Well, two-horse, of course. Purchase and shipping subject to state and local regulations. Please see mmorganics.com for more information.
0: And now, Grape Encounters with David Wilson continues.
1: we are back with Grape Encounters Radio and we are at the Allegretto Vineyard Resort in Paso Robles on the central coast of California and we're roaming around with Doug Ayers and if i ask
2: you how much it costs to build this property will you tell me i won't you won't <laughs>
1: <laughs> if i guess will you tell me i'm warm
2: no no <laughs> we we tend not to because we're family company we just don't get into numbers like that all right so yeah. we'll say it was a lot
1: so the same question <laughs> if, if i ask you about
2: the value of the art you're not going to tell me either no i just i just stay away from numbers all together.
1: Okay. All right. But suffice to say, there's an amazing art collection here. How many pieces do you know?
2: Oh, I haven't even... I don't have a count of them all. This is all about experience. This is not about just coming to stay at a hotel. This is about getting intrigued with different pieces of art and the space and the setting that's conducive for people to feel as if they're a long ways away.
1: Yes, exactly. And I mentioned this a few minutes ago. I'm looking out on this courtyard here, and you would not know that you were in the U.S. when you're sitting in this space. If I suddenly woke up here, I would be completely convinced that I was in some Europe European city, probably Italian. Italian, mostly the influence here? Yes, mainly France and Italy are the main architectural influences. So the thing that I find most fascinating about the property is that you've created a destination, not just a place to go camp out until your next venture out into wine country you know a day of wine tasting you could just stay on this property and be perfectly satisfied and be very happy even if you had to come from a great distance to come here
2: yes it's a place where you feel as if you've gone to Europe uh, you've taken a long trip somewhere but really if you're coming from this region or you could get here a lot of people come here and say they felt like they've been in Europe and that's a nice thing and also if you're coming from the east coast or anywhere else you can get here and you just feel like there's a place of discovery with all the different areas within the hotel the different design the different flavors of rooms. It doesn't look like a typical hotel. It- It's like someone's home. It's like a, it's partially, partially (laughs) a museum. I
1: don't know who you're hanging out with, but (laughs) this doesn't look like anybody's home that I've ever been to. Okay. All right. All
2: right. All right. Yeah. Well, like a nice Italian villa on the coast of Amalfi. Maybe it feels like that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Somebody's
1: home in Monte Carlo or something like that. (laughs) That might be the funniest line anybody's ever said on this show. Just like somebody's place. You know what? Don't believe that. Yeah, that's totally amazing. So let's go back to something we began to talk about a little while ago, which was the idea of raising the bar. But most specifically, one of the interesting things, if you have been following the progression of things in emerging wine countries, and Paso by no means is an emerging wine country, it's very well established. But there is a point where the grand properties get built, the grand wineries get built. We have a number of those now. And I think it's very exciting, and I imagine you're excited about watching the transition from incredibly good to great and taking a role in that.
2: Yes, it's really exciting because I hear it from the community and the winemakers here and the wineries that this is a great benefit for them and the whole region. So it does up the bar. It makes it exciting I see a lot of special types of events happening here that help really grow this whole industry in this area. Yeah, we have the ability to have very large weddings, corporate travel events, and so we're conducive to off-site meetings for, you know, corporations that want to come here and have a special retreat or family gatherings, and let's not forget the ultimate romantic getaway. So how does the wine
1: tourist compare to the business traveler or the consumer who you know, going to your other hotels. Is there a difference between the type of person who comes
2: here and the norm for the hotel business? The people that come here to do the wine tasting and experience the wine region are just on leisure time. And there are other groups that come in for corporate, they're a little more focused, but they're happy to be here in the region so that they could do their work here, but then they could also have some time off and go down and check out the wineries and go to the coast. There's a lot to see here in this region.
1: All right, so there's one thing that really concerns me about building this property and that is that you will i think wind up being the tail that wags the dog because as you raise the bar in terms of accommodations everything else follows as well and if wine prices go up substantially i'm going to be seeking you out (laughs) okay (laughs) 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 And, you know, asking for a little bit of a rebate, that's all, Doug, because you know that's going to happen, right? That's the interesting thing about the Central Coast wine region is that not only do they make amazing wines, but they're very nicely priced. And as the culture continues to develop here, and as more properties like this get built and more dramatic wineries are built, I think naturally you're going to see prices start to creep up to the Napa-Sonoma level, don't you think?
2: Well, I guess that could happen in time. The quality of wines that are being produced now in Paso, as time goes on, will naturally in their course demand a higher price. There's something that continues to really amaze me about the hotel business today
1: and it's this. Lately, the hotels that I go into, even if they're sort of the modestly priced hotels or mid-range hotels, they seem to be getting better and better and better all the time. It seems like every hotel that, you know, maybe part of a bigger chain like Sheraton or Hilton or whatever, they're just building a lot more quality into hotels these days. Is that your feeling as well? Why is it that Hotels that used to be considered to be budget hotels, you now walk into, and there are just so many amazing features they're incorporating into it.
2: That's happening across the board on all levels of hotels, and it's just a progression that started in some ways with the boutique hotel revolution in the sense that they're putting more attention to nicer amenities and details and then the big brands caught on and, and they have to follow suit to keep up
1: yeah and, and i'm definitely putting you several rungs above those hotels even at that uh, you walk into this hotel I, I would really be remiss in not talking about this because i fondled your walls for a very long time
2: many you, people do uh, they, walk, they love and, it
1: <laughs> you, uh, you know because i happen to know what venetian plaster is and i think a lot of people have never ever seen it and i've certainly never seen it in an american hotel and i'm sure there are probably some that have it but you have a lot of square footage where you have the, the Venetian plaster. Talk about the process because, and I know this is off the wine topic, but I still want to talk about it because it's what makes this property feel especially good. It's, I think the minute you experience that, you know you're someplace special. How do you actually go about doing that?
2: It's a layering process where uh, it's polarized marble, is what Venetian plaster is. This is a process that goes on about seven layers and when they're putting it on troweling it, polishing it, putting more on and just continuing to do that and the last layer is wax to protect it since everybody loves to put their hands all over it (laughs)
1: Does it, does it ever have to be rewaxed? Um I shouldn't have to. They just rub it in there and, and that's it?
2: Yeah. At the oh, variant, man, yeah. I tell
1: you what, it's just it's the most silky smooth thing you've ever felt. But you don't have it in the rooms, the Venetian plaster. No. That would be crazy, ridiculous expensive. It would be extremely
2: expensive <laughs> to do that. We have very nice wall covering, though. You're it's not,
1: a- not going to tell me how much this property costs, but I'm going to tell you that the Venetian plaster alone would blow everybody's mind. <laughs> it's so beautiful. Let's talk about the trees outside because they have a, a great story as
2: well, yes, we've got 10 different varietals of olives, but they're all in different sizes. And the ones out here in the courtyard are as high as the second story building and they're French pichelines, and they had to be put in here with a giant crane. And they're really happy out here.
1: All right, we are uh, at the Allegretto Vineyard Resort in Paso Robles. Wanted to spend some time here because this is the direction that so many wine regions are going now, uh, raising the bar substantially, and that's exactly what's happened with the unveiling of this particular property. So we're going to take a little stroll here next. Doug, do you mind uh, walking and talking? No, that'd be great. Thanks, David. We're going to take a little break and then at least look at a couple of the art pieces here and maybe tell you about some of the other features of the property that
0: are particularly cool we'll be back with more grape encounters after this grape encounters is 100 percent estate grown we have however removed the pretentiousness and added a healthy dose of fun living in and broadcasting from one
1: of the world's finest wine regions makes it virtually impossible not to make frequent references to the multitude of amazing things going on here on the central coast of california Grape Encounters Radio has built one of the world's most unique wine bars so that you can have the opportunity to come to the city of Atascadero and enjoy great wines and equally good conversation with me and other visitors. Best of all, my favorite hotel in the area is literally right across the street, the historic Carlton Hotel with accommodations that are both beautiful and affordable. The Carlton Hotel takes you back to a glorious time in California history. And now that the wine industry has ushered in yet another exciting new chapter here on the Central Coast, you can experience the best of then and now. Book your accommodations at the lovingly restored Carlton Hotel in Atascadero. Then, let me help you plan daily excursions that will create a lifetime of unforgettable memories. You'll find a link to the Carlton Hotel at grapeencounters.com. Grape Encounters Radio is always on the lookout for great story ideas, even if they're completely and totally off the wall. So here's the deal. Share your story ideas with me or send a question you'd like to hear answered on the show. If I use your question or suggestion, I'll send you a special gift. I want to know what you want to know. You can contact me on the Grape Encounters Radio group page on Facebook or email david at grapeencountersradio.com. If you've got something for me, I've got something for you. The hottest gift for wine enthusiasts is the next generation of the most amazing wine accessory ever created. Whether it's a gift for the wine lover in your life or a reward for yourself, nothing can improve wine enjoyment like the astounding Coravin Model 2, which allows wine to be poured from an unopened bottle. Find out why the Coravin Model 2 is so revolutionary at GrapeEncounters.com. We have the new Coravins in stock at Grape, like the fruit, and counters, like CloseEncounters.com.
0: Now, back to Grape Encounters with David Wilson.
2: A bottle of red, a bottle of whites, it all depends
1: upon your
2: appetite.
1: We are back with Grape Encounters Radio, and we are at the Allegretto Vineyard Resort in Paso Robles on the central coast of California, my stomping grounds. And now we're roaming around the courtyard with Doug Ayers. He is the driving force behind the Allegretto Vineyard Resort. And we have four sculptures here, Doug. And as I understand it, some of them are commissioned.
2: Yes, these two here in the limestone are carved by the Piata family in the Vincentia area of Italy.
1: You know, what's amazing about it is I didn't know that there are sculptors that are still working that are creating pieces that, you know, look like they could be 500 years old or, or older.
2: Yes, I don't know how many generations they have in their family as stone carvers, but that is the famous stone carving region for limestone in Italy. And these two were inspired by some other statues that I had seen in Paris. So we did drawings on them, refined the drawings, and then we went to the quarries to get the blocks. And because I choose a particular block for the female and another one for the male.
1: Talk to me about the pairing, because you have said earlier off mic that every piece of artwork here has a mate. Yes. How does that
2: work? Well, just I feel it's important to have companionship throughout all the pieces of art and architecture. So we have numerous elements which relate to male and female within the architecture. So where does
1: this thinking come from? Is it metaphysical? At what point did (laughs) you—he's looking up to the sky—all right. But at what point did you have the revelation that every piece of art needed a mate?
2: Along this journey. Of this hotel? Yeah. I free flow a lot. In other words, I feel as an artist I just need to be consistently open and not try to pre-plan too many things. And allow it to come naturally. Yeah. So I'm looking at the grapevines that you have planted here, and those are some old vines. Yes, they're about 60, How 70 they, years I, old. I
1: didn't know they could transplant a vine that old.
2: Typically, they don't transplant grapevines. So a person that I had been buying a lot of the olive trees from has been able to come up with a system of doing it, and we harvested grapes this year. Okay, so you're making wine. Do you
1: fancy yourself a winemaker as well? And do you see yourself making a lot more wine in the future?
2: I see myself making a lot more wine. I'm new in this area. And so I'm not an aficionado nor an expert winemaker, but just learning it now from the point of view of a gardener.
1: (laughs) You don't strike me as being a person who does anything halfway. So I'm guessing that if you're going to put your name on a bottle, it's going to be good or I don't know what happens to it otherwise. Yes,
2: it is very good. We've gotten great response from our uh, Tanat, the Zinfandel, and the Cab, and and we'll just continue to grow with that.
1: Let's talk about Tanat for a second, because that's a varietal that people are not particularly familiar with. It's not on most people's radar as wines are concerned, and we're seeing some of these lesser-known varietals kind of coming to the forefront. What is your feeling about tonight? Because I've been seeing more and more of it planted, and I think it's one of those grapes that when
2: people discover it, they're just going to fall in love with the wine. That's how it happened for me. When I discovered the flavor and the richness and the and the depth and the color, and I tested to see if that would be a good varietal on this piece of land, it came up positive. So I was excited to do it, and now we've harvested it this year. How long How long ago were they planted? Just two years ago. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And you got a
1: pretty good yield off that.
2: We got a very good yield.
1: (laughs) Will the heirs family ever build a winery? Is that a possibility? Would you consider doing that?
2: Oh, yes. Definitely a consideration.
1: So you've thought about it? Yes. Oh, yes. It's on the radar. (laughs) All right. Let's move on to the next art piece. Unfortunately, we will not be able to talk about all of the art because there's enough to keep you busy for at least a couple of days here. The two sculptures
2: that are midway up this staircase, they're pretty spectacular. They're a pair, right? They're a pair. And how do they relate? Well, musically, they relate. And because they're male and female female they relate. But more importantly, the block of stone that was for the woman was extracted from the earth and was carved and put exactly in the same orientation where it came out of the earth for both these statues. Wait, what does that mean? In other words, when you extract a stone, you have your orientation of the west facing. Right. So when that was in the ground, that is still the direction that she was facing within the quarry. That's very important for me. So are you telling me
1: that you actually were involved from the point that the stone was extracted from the ground?
2: Yeah. That's really unusual. Yeah. I choose Who does that? (laughs) All this area here, all the stone that we're walking on in the building, I go to the quarry and choose the blocks from that portion of the quarry and then have them make that. So do you apply any of this thinking to the vineyard as well? Oh, yes. It's all integrated. Tell me about that. Every angle, every dimension, every ratio has a connection to a particular ratios that, that correspond to our creation as a human being. Wow. So I'm not aware of anybody that goes to that extent
1: when planting grapes. Well,
2: it's been a series of experimentations and things that I wanted to see unfold within the garden and using some ancient knowledge of how things were practiced thousands of years ago and apply that to what's happening today. So as you were injecting that into the creation of the vineyard, I mean, obviously you had to bring in some experts to assist you, unless you were out there digging the holes yourself. No, I I have a viticulturist and some people that help advise on it. I just come up with where the cordon's going, the angle of every end post, the distance between each row and plant. Those are specifically calculated for particular reasons that benefit the plant and the earth. So is there any wine I can taste? Yes, you
1: can. Yeah, okay, great. All right, we're going to move on to our next piece, and we'll take a look at one or two more. We are talking to Doug Ayers. He is the head gardener here. He won't tell me what his title is, and I think that's actually something like that's on your card, right? Do you have well, a title on your card? I don't have a title.
2: Okay, right. <laughs> Maybe it says principal or something. I don't know. Principle, okay. I don't know. Doesn't matter. Okay. So, what am I looking at? I call this the womb of creation. It stands in the middle of a shape known as the vesica, the center of two circles combined. And it is totally carved by the hand of the divine in a river. So, it looks like a very contemporary sculpture, but it's all a natural formation. Whoa. Wait a second. Really? Yes. Oh, my gosh. So let me describe what we're looking at
1: here. We have two pools that intersect one another, and I'm going to guess that they're probably around 12 feet across, something like that. And then where they intersect is this piece of art, which I was fascinated by because it's just this beautiful, smooth rock that now has become a waterfall, and nobody touched this.
2: No, it's just all, all naturally formed by the motion of water. So what is paired here? Because we have the one piece... East, but then we have the two pools. A stone naturally carved in the river in India in the northern garden. That's I, I they. they, they did, had to they, be next to each other. No, they dance together. Oh, they dance together. See, at night when everybody's quiet, they, they, <laughs> they go back and forth. And by the way, the lighting on this property
1: at night is nothing short of spectacular. It's beautiful during the daytime, but at nighttime is where it really shows off what it's got.
2: Yes, it's a gorgeous setting at night, and we have the fire pits out here and plenty of little spots to sit in and or large areas for events and a lot of all-natural, you know, either pebbles or natural limestone to walk on. And how much of this material was imported into this country from someplace else? All of it. All of it? All of
1: it, yes. Whew. Nice when you can play with any toy you want. You know? <laughs> all right, so we just walked into a very special room. It's like a little mini banquet room. It's spectacular with some amazing art in here as well. You might hear a little sanding in the background, because, uh, and we're going to save that because there's something fascinating that's going on just on the other side of the lobby.
2: But tell me about these pieces here. Uh, I call this Mother and Child, and this piece is a formation from Fontainebleau, France, unearthed from deep in the silica sands there. And the silica sand in that region was the silica sand that has been for centuries in the creation of the stained glass windows throughout Europe. So this is a frozen motion of water of the silica carbonate. This is, again, a naturally formed piece? Yes, a naturally formed sculpture. I I wouldn't have dreamed that to be true. Wow. It's about 2 million years old and you're seeing frozen motion. And it sort of takes on almost this human
1: form, but I guess everybody will see something different in this. But how do you come upon something like this?
2: Just by luck. (laughs) I don't know, really. i just in search of very unusual things that have meaning on the bigger perspective. So it's here because it tells a bigger story and I call this mother and child Oh, so you see a human form there as well. Mm-hmm. Okay,
1: uh, this isn't a very big sculpture, but this one is really, again, very gorgeous. And then when you have the realization that it was formed naturally, it might change your perspective on how we all got here.
2: Yes, true. All
1: right, so what's across the hall? Introduce it, and then we'll walk in there. Now there, there's some sanding going on. I don't want to stop them from what they're doing. What is it?
2: Well, that is a piece of a giant sequoia over two thousand years old, and we use it in this special room where it wants to be here as a place for, some people call it the heart of the hotel, someplace it it makes other people feel so small in the scope of time. And we also have dates on there which signify certain events that happened throughout the last few thousand years. It's so amazing because it really puts everything that's happened in the world in
1: perspective from the view of a tree. Yes. Which is totally awesome. That tree witnessed, in fact they're tall enough they can see everything that goes on in the world I think, but that tree witnessed history from the very beginning just about. Certainly as long as we've been here
2: yes it certainly has and it's a a lot of people feel humbled in front of it they feel like there's a sense of humility i think that's a good place to always be as a reminder for us as people in our journey you're going to hear a
1: little bit of buzzing here they are sanding this to perfection and what it is is just purely remarkable how wide is this tree across oh it's almost 13 feet wow
2: i wonder how tall it was before it came down this piece of it was a hundred feet up in the air. No. Yeah. So, so at the, the base, base it was way wider was than this. Thirty five feet plus. And, and what's the companion to this piece of art? Well, that's the place of discovery. You have to come to discover <laughs> that.
1: <laughs> well, all right. If I have to discover it, I say that we start in the wine room because I'm guessing it's hidden in there.
0: It could very well be. All right. You're having a grape encounter with David Wilson. What a way to spend the day. We're all guilty of sin. We open a costly bottle of wine and recork it with the intent of drinking the rest later. But later comes and goes, and that delicious wine also goes. South, that is. The Coravin is the most reliable way to enjoy your wine without any concern about the unconsumed wine going bad. And while the Coravin Wine Access System costs a bit more than other preservation systems, it does something they don't. It works perfectly. The Coravin is a beautifully engineered handheld device that gives you access to your wine through a small needle that you gently push straight through the cork. Inert argon gas is injected into the bottle, while as little or as much of the wine that you want flows right into your glass. The argon gas keeps your wine so safe, it's as though you never opened the bottle. Want to learn more? Simply click the Coravin link at grapeencounters.com. A wine is a terrible thing to waste. Get your Coravin at grapeencounters.com.
1: Every year at this time, more and more people discover the amazing Portuguese dessert wines meticulously handcrafted by Manzanita Manor. They're called two horse because these incomparable wines are made from grapes grown in a remote vineyard that's actually plowed by real horses, not simply horsepower. Made from the finest Portuguese varietals, these port-style wines are like nothing you've ever tasted. Decadent, but not over-the-top sweet. Refined, but in no way pretentious or stuffy. In households across America, Two Horse Vineyard Dessert wines have become an extraordinary holiday tradition. Kind of like the exclamation point at the end of a perfect meal. If you've not yet experienced the astonishing Two Horse wines, get yours online at mmorganics.com. That's MMorganics.com. What's the best way to make your holiday memorable? Well, to horse, of course.
0: He's setting down the wine glass and picking up the microphone. Here's your Grape Encounters host, David Wilson. When I was 17. It was
2: a very good year It was a very good year For small town girls And soft summer nights
1: We All right, we are back with Grape Encounters Radio, and we are at the Allegretto Vineyard Resort in Paso Robles on the central coast of California with Doug Ayers. And we just stepped into the wine room now. You're going to hear a pretty big echo in here. I imagine when there are a lot of people in here, that dies down. But there's a small bar with a copper top, and then behind the bar is something I have never seen in my entire life. Can you describe what I'm looking at here with the books? There must be, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six... Times another what is it? One one, it's two, three, three,
2: four, five, six, seven. Okay. It's a thirty-five, yeah. So these are old books that are lined up together on the wall, but with an imprint of a grapevine laid over it. This is so spectacular. I've never seen anything like this. Where did this idea come from? This is from a fellow in Los Angeles and Santa Monica, Kevin Berry. Wow. How does he get these books are all open? They're like old books and they're
1: on the wall, and each book is mounted individually and they're all opened up kind of to the center of the book. And then ghosted over the pages is the image of a cluster of grapes and vines and,
2: you know, a few other things. This is one of the most amazing things I've ever looked at, art-wise. People love it. They come in here and they're just like, oh my gosh. And it's just, it's another moment of just unusual things. All right, but the one question that all my listeners uh, want
1: to know is, what type of grapes are those? That's a Cabernet. That's a Cabernet? You know, they, they could be. They're Small. just about the right size. Okay. Well, Doug, I really appreciate you being on the show today. It's been such a privilege and pleasure to walk around with you. I could spend a week here with you and explore, but I'm hoping you challenge... Wine drinkers to figure out what pairs with what, because what's so interesting about and and I don't know if this revelation ever hits you. L- let's walk outside for a second, okay? My goodness, what you're talking about? Yeah, is the all right, pairing. Don't, yeah, don't say anything yet, okay? All right, so, so the th- the remarkable thing that I've discovered here at the Allegretto Vineyard Resort is it's all about pairing, and I don't know if it was intentional or not,
2: but that's. All anybody thinks about in the wine world is what pairs with what. Exactly. And here we have things that pair to one another. But for me, it's total discovery because I don't always know in the beginning. I just acquired these different pieces. And then I have moments of discovery all the time.
1: So if a visitor, one of your guests, looked at one piece of art and then paired it with something else that wasn't what you paired it with in your mind, would you be willing to
2: repair it based on their recommendation? Could very well. Okay. I mean, a lot of... So you're flexible. Oh, flexible. But a lot of times, even when I'm giving a tour, the people point out things, unusual things within this setting that are new to me. I mean, I know of the object, but just their way of looking at it.
1: So I take it that you do not really
2: believe in randomness, you know, that things just randomly happen. They don't randomly happen, and the best way to make a lot of good things happen is to get ourselves out of the way.
1: I like where this is going.
2: Okay, so I think the best thing in designing sometimes is to take myself out of the way and listen to the inspiration coming from deep within the heart. Wow,
1: you know, I think what I've discovered on this little journey with you today is that this entire property is made up of smaller elements, each of which are a piece of art that all become incorporated into an amazing blend. You're the Bordeaux blend, or perhaps Rhone blend, or I should say Bordeaux and Rhone blend
2: of the hotel business. My goodness, that's a good way of looking at it. And I look at it also as a symphony. This is a complete composition. Each of these different pieces, whether it's a light fixture or paintings or a particular piece of furniture, are an instrument or a note. And as they're all compiled together, it is all singing a particular song. And I use... That feeling when I'm designing such that I walk into a room and I could tell if it's in harmony. And if it's not in harmony, then it needs to be adjusted or tuned. Wow. Okay,
1: well, we're going to have to end it here. Doug Ayers, a privilege to really walk around with you. We're going to do this again sometime. For those who want to get more information on the property, we send them where?
2: To AllegrettoVineyardResort.com. Allegretto is spelled A-L-L-E-G-R-E. T-T-O. Simple. Okay. And allegretto means what? Allegretto is a particular tempo. It's of about 120 beats per minute. And for me, the inspiration is having a a name that's musical-oriented, because I think of all, for me, architecture and design is all related back to music for me. So the musical term is fitting for this. And we translate also that to mean joy. Allegretto for us is a tempo of joy. Well, thanks for being here. That's going to do it for Grape Encounters today. We'll see you next week.
1: Same time, same channel. And you know what? If you come out to the Central Coast, certainly drop me a line. It would be my pleasure to personally escort you around this beautiful property, if you'd like that. I so want to encourage more and more of this kind of construction. So I would be very happy to be your special guide. And I'll even introduce you to my gardener. (laughs) I enjoyed it. Thank you so much. All right. Well, it's been a joy being here. That's going to do it for Grape Encounters today. My deepest thanks to Doug Ayers, the brainchild behind the Allegretto Vineyard Resort on the central coast of California. You know what? Look it up. You'll just be in awe of what he has created. And Doug, last... Simple little question: How many bottles of wine had to be consumed during the creative process uh, of coming up with this magnificent property?
2: Oh goodness, uh, that's a big question. I don't know. All right, you know what? I'm <laughs> going to uh, take. I never
1: that, thought of it that way. <laughs> I'm going to take. I'm going to take that answer is a lot (laughs) (laughs) probably enough all right all right we'll see you next week on grape encounters radio hey and there's one last thing you know no matter what you celebrate and no matter who you celebrate it with i really and truly want to wish you the happiest of holidays you know when it comes right down to it During the holidays, wine isn't something that should stimulate conversation about the wine. It should stimulate conversation about life and all the things that are important to you. So once again, I want to wish you the very happiest of holidays, and we look forward to talking to you in the new year. This is David Wilson, hoping you get just the right bottle of wine in your stocking, under the tree, or in a gift bag from somebody that really cares about you.
0: We like to talk about wine.